They say your network is your net worth at the end of the day. And so building those relationships across the board with any and everybody, because I always think about the the story of like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's very true here in the D.C. area. You may be seven relationships away from the president. Get out there and make sure people know who you are. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Well, hello, everyone. Yes, you know this voice. It's Rachel, and I'm so glad you're here today for some more career insights and all sorts of fun on today's show. And speaking of fun, and joining us for all of the goodness today is the one and only Mr. Bob Wheeler. How the heck you doing, my friend? Hey, Rachel, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here, and I want to say hello to everybody out in the audience there. Today on the show, we're going to be talking to Yuri Robinson. He is the co-founder of the Robinson Consulting Group. Hey, Yuri, how you doing? You want to say hello to everybody? Good, good. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Well, we are so glad that you're happy to be here. And I know something that all of our audience members love to kind of understand first so that you can kind of get that street cred with all of these listeners is kind of understanding a little bit of your background. So if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about your career journey, how you ended up, you know, helping create the Robinson Consulting Group and what brought you around. Tell us a little bit more about Yuri. I graduated from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington on the beach. Awesome scenery. Got my degree in computer science, and I would have told you I would have been the next developer for the John Madden football game. I thought I was going to be a video game developer. So, you know, I'm interviewing for all these different companies, no specific offers or anything. And I made a decision to upgrade my career builder account. 15 years ago to platinum for like 30 days. And at that time, I got a call from every defense contractor in the Washington, D.C. area. And so I moved up here with a job coming straight out of college, had no clue about the intelligence community. All I knew was that my teammates from track and field, some of my professors were getting interviewed by investigators. <laughs> uh, when I moved up here, I spent about nine to 10 years within the industry for various jobs uh, that require clearances. And at that point, just based off my experience, based on relationships across the government, I decided to take a leap with my father, actually, and we started a consulting company helping with systems engineering and systems integration across DOD and intelligence community customers. Man, that's a that's a great little story, uh, Yuri. It's always got to be great to work with family. To start something with your pops is really cool. One of the questions I have, though, is Robinson Consulting Group. What is it that you guys do, though? I mean, what is it that Robinson Consulting Group does? What's the focus of the organization? What's your mission? Yeah, definitely. I would consider us as the trusted advisors of government. And we usually sit in between government and a service delivery contract, whether it's a software developer, a IT contractor that is deploying hardware. We're usually that middle ground to translate technical speak into, I would say, reality per se from a 
technical perspective, uh, I'll say we're in the systems engineering industry. So that includes what a lot of folks will know of the systems engineering V. So you can just imagine the letter V, the left of it is kind of like the beginning of your process. The right side is the end of your process. So we help with the initial requirements engineering where we're actually documenting what government actually wants. And that is a process because sometimes they don't know what they want. <laughs> and so uh, we help them get that documented. Once all that is in place, there is obviously some form of acquisition or transaction to help actually procure the services or equipment that's needed. From there, we help with testing, verification, and validation to make sure what was delivered actually works to the expectations of government. And then at that point, there's an operational rollout. There are various uh, readiness reviews that are coordinated by consultants like us to make sure that we are prepared after actions are in place. And then sometimes there may be systems that may be in place for a year, decade, and there may be at some point in time to decommission it. Right. In between all of that, there's relationship building, there's communication that has to be had to make sure that folks are on the same page. And so while it is very technical, there is a human communication aspect that's required to make projects successful. Love it. And something you mentioned that I know our listeners first are and then will be interested in is the human side of it. And so really what uh, we would like to spend a little time talking about are the type of positions that you're currently looking to fill. So what are the different cleared positions that you currently have posted and are seeking amazing talent for? Kind of to the five phases that I kind of described with that systems engineering V. So we're looking for people that are big on supporting documentation that help write requirements. Uh, We have positions that are open to testers. So there are tested engineers that we're looking for, whether it is manual testing, whether there are various automated test tools that you may be familiar with. I would also require people to write test plans in general, because usually government wants to be prepared for things they're going to test for. Also operational sides of things. So the term systems engineer, systems integrator are interchangeable across our industry. And really helps across all of the phases, but it can be nuanced. And so there may be systems engineers that only may be focused on capabilities that are about to deploy, or there may be systems engineers that spend time doing analysis of alternatives to determine what direction we go in the future. So I would say overall, the term systems engineer, system integrators, what you will see for job listings within our company, but also it just includes just kind of across the gambit that skill set. Awesome. And so what security level are you currently hiring for? Usually our positions are TSSEI, uh, just based off of the customers, right, that we're supporting. Some will require a polygraph, some don't. Um, Don't be scared of the polygraph. It's completely fine. Um, But some positions do require it. Just tell the truth, right? Just tell the truth and you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be completely (laughs) fine. (laughs) And one last question that doesn't require a polygraph. These positions located North Virginia, where are they located? Yeah, all across the DC metro area. That's awesome. You know, hey, you're um, in the pre-call, you talked one of the positions and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but in the pre-call, you talked about the position of requirement engineering. And you said that can sometimes be a tough thing for you guys to fill because it's not the sexiest job. 
uh, I think the way you said it. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what a requirements engineer is and what kind of person would be a good fit for that position? Yeah, you know, and, and I've actually thought about when I made that statement as well. Requirements engineering in general, when you think about any type of system that is going to deploy, and there's always a quote, I think, of you measure twice, cut once instead of measure once, cut twice, right? You want to be as precise as possible before you start putting anything into action. So from that aspect, there could be requirement documents that are five pages long. There could be requirements documents that are 500 pages long. And so there is a level of patience, right? Being in front of a computer, typing up that amount of documentation. But those are usually the smartest people in the industry because they they know what the requirements are because they wrote it at the end of the day. And so uh, from that aspect, the type of person, right, that's open to that, um, usually from what I've noticed and in my personal experience are introverts, right? Because they don't have to go out and talk to a lot of people at a lot of time because they're focused on making sure documentation is up to par. But there's some form of human interaction because you have to make sure that what you're writing down is accurate at the end of the day. So potentially a extroverted introvert, if that even exists, right? <laughs> I think that could be sexy. I think you could sell it. That That's a job of a recruiter, right? We could make it happen. Absolutely. Something else I wanted to pick your brain about a little bit. While Robinson Consulting Group might be a smaller organization and company, you've also personally had the opportunity to work for some very large contractors. So you kind of have both of the best worlds, right? You know what it's like to work for really big and then being able to have more of that, you know, smaller organization. So talking about selling, sell me on why a small company is a great fit. For the most part with small businesses, you have direct access to the C-suite, usually the co-founders, the CEOs, the vice presidents, and there may be things that you may recommend to help the employee experience within the company that you will immediately see come to fruition in comparison to working with a large company. You have various processes and procedures that come into play. I think those are just some of the initial advantages to where you can see change happen. And then especially for those that are willing to spend time to truly understand the company and understand the goals, uh, the level of promotion is actually at a greater chance with a smaller company in comparison with a larger company. And so from that aspect, um, you can make immediate impact very quickly. Yeah. You know, when you talk about those small companies, you're you, you, definitely the ability to be seen for good or for bad, I guess. Uh, you can't hide in a small company. Right. So if, a, if, if somebody's coming to Robinson Consulting or any other small company, you know, and they want to make that positive impact, are there any tips that you have for employees so that they can put themselves in a position to make that positive impact and, and any wisdom in that regard on, on how they should be setting themselves up for success? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first thing I can always think about is ask questions at the end of the day, trying to understand how the company operates Every small business, they need resources because that's one thing they don't have in comparison to these large companies. So uh, if there's a proposal that our company is working on, 
more than likely, it's a handful of people in comparison to these large companies that have entire floors of buildings ready to put together a proposal to win new work. So one of the things that has made me successful is that I have a knack for writing proposals and helping write proposals because not everybody wants to do it at the end of the day. It's very time consuming. And so for any employees that are going into a company, I think all you have to ask is, hey, is there any proposal work I can help support? And folks will be like, absolutely, like just come on board and you will learn a lot about the back end portion of government contracting, right? As far as what does it take to actually win work, build relationships and kind of go from there. Awesome. Well, something else we want to talk about is some of the recent hiring experiences that you've had that would help our listeners. My best employee was Ubering when we met. And so he had recently been let go from a contract because the company had not won the follow on. And uh, as I kind of understood like what he was trying to do, his skill set just off of conversation happened to be the exact thing that I needed for a position we were trying to fill. Uh, it's amazing how your future can just go in any direction. Never give up. Things can change in the matter of 24 hours. And so one of my favorite employees, he went from Ubering one day to being an integrated program team lead for a very successful project. On the other side, I've had scenarios where people come on board onto a contract and their expectations were a little different, or they may have behaviors that violate policy at different sites. And so employees should always focus on trying to be the easiest to work with, with their employer. Like if you don't give your employer headaches, it's kind of like you're automatically asking for a raise because it just makes their lives so much easier. You know, depending on the type of program, uh, a person may be responsible for 50 people, five people. But just imagine that program manager who you may be working for in the future responsible for 49 other people. And being the one that's the easiest to work with, it'll make his or her life easier and your life so much easier. <laughs> I learned to always be nice to your Uber drivers. And if you're a driver, always carry your resume around. Right. I think that's what I heard. I don't know about you, Bob. <laughs> we can use that as a great segue because we were going to talk a little bit about, you know, transitioning military folks. And I think you always got to be prepared. You know, I mean, I was in the I was in the Navy for 20 years. And I know, Yuri, you said that, uh, you know, you got to UNCW because you were in Fayetteville because your dad was in the Army. So yep. it means you're, a, I guess, you're a veteran-owned company at the, or, or a half-veteran-owned company, however you want to describe it. But you're definitely tied to the military. You've got some some deep roots to the military. Absolutely. So what kind of tips, besides always be prepared to have your resume, what kind of tips do you have for some of those transitioning veterans out there? Because you guys have hired some veterans, I assume, right? Yeah, absolutely. That one story, as an example, on the, on the good side, he was a Navy veteran. And so, um, especially coming up to the D.C. area, they say your network is your net worth at the end of the day. And so you never know who has access to what. Building those relationships across the board with any and everybody, because somebody know somebody who knows somebody at the end of the day. I always think about the the story of like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's very true. Here in the DC area, you may be seven relationships away from the president at any moment. And so 
that is one thing to, to think about is to make sure you are building meaningful relationships related to your industry or even not in your industry. Definitely making sure you are expanding your network on a consistent basis. It could be going to happy hours and having a drink with somebody, uh, just being out there. Um, staying in your house is not the best thing to do. Get out there and make sure people know who you are. It's not often that we get to talk about Kevin Bacon, but when we do, (laughs) I feel like it's always amazing. So as we're getting kind of close to the end of this conversation, just wanted to come back and pick that amazing brain up there about careers and job searches. So is there anything that you can think of or uh, that one tip or trick that you would like to give these listeners on how they can take their career or their job search to the next level? besides being related to Kevin Bacon? Yeah, definitely. I made a mission for myself. This was about five years ago. There's so many different associations depending on what your industry is. I told myself five years ago, any association I join, I'm going to attempt to be a life member. So that for one, it was a financial decision. So I didn't have to pay dues every year. But then at that point, it allows you to keep constant communication with people within the organization. Uh, A lot of these associations receive either publications or you can go to events for free join these associations because you'll be surprised who are members, who are part of board of directors of these organizations. There's all types of associations. And if you know of any of your colleagues that are part of these associations, ask them about their experience um, within the organization. Ask them if it would be beneficial. Do your own research and kind of go from there because it can drastically benefit your job search in the future. Hey, man, this has been some really great information. It's been really fun to learn about you, the organization that you got there, and and these great tips we have. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with Yuri Robinson? The primary way is through LinkedIn. Uh, You can just look me up, Yuri Robinson, and that's Yuri with a U-R-I, as well as my email address. So yuri.robinson at robinsoncg.net. We're actively looking for people in the systems engineering, systems integration field uh, that can help contribute to the mission at the end of the day. We want to make sure we are impactful. And so uh, if you're ready to deliver, if you're ready to make impact, get in contact with me. Deliver, make an impact, give them a call. Yuri, it was an absolute pleasure getting to speak and learn with you today. Thanks so much for spending a little time with us this afternoon. Glad to be here. No, I appreciate it. This was a good call. What a great conversation and an all-around good time with our friend Yuri. Something I really appreciated was just the reminder from Yuri about the importance of always being on go or at ready when it comes to looking for that next career. Whether you're in the back of an Uber, driving the Uber, wherever it may be, wherever the opportunity may present itself, it's about being ready to have that conversation, knowing your value and taking every opportunity to network. And I just thought that was such a great reminder and such an encouragement for so many folks out there that just aren't sure how to get their foot in the door. I don't know, Bob, what about you? I took a little note. Uh, what I circled was ask questions. I loved when he said, when you're in a new company and you're like, how can I help on a proposal? Offering to do things, asking those questions. And I think that tied into the fact that he, he must have used the word relationship four or five times too. How do you build relationships? How to keep really asking questions, being engaged, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I, that tip for asking questions and, and relationships, that's what I took out of that. Wonderful. Well, we are always so glad when you've made it this far into the show with us. 
you're undoubtedly all rock stars. So thanks for listening. Make sure you go out there, follow the show, and have yourself a fantastic little week.